This is Mission Qualphone, a monthly podcast that takes you inside the workings of our company, but not just the ins and outs of business. We look at the ideas and insights that make Qualphone truly unique. As a company, we are committed to being the best and making each person's life better. Join us as we get to know and learn from people from across the organization. What's their story? What have they learned? And how do they live out Qualphone's mission? Welcome to Mission Qualphone. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Mission Qualphone podcast. I recognized your intro, Marisol. <laughs> did you recognize I that? I did. Well, you and I always struggle when we start recording. Mm-hmm. Like we're fine as soon as we get into the conversation, <laughs> but that or that start, that hello mm-hmm. is always a little awkward. And that, that intro, the good morning, good afternoon, good evening, is um, used by one of our managing directors on his conference calls because we're an international company. So mm-hmm. at any given time, we have people from all the time zones on. And I thought it would be appropriate to steal it. I like it. I <laughs> and like use it, it for, the, for the podcast. And that was Abel Cruises, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I wanted to make sure I had the right managing director. Yeah. And, and that's great. And he is going to be a guest on an upcoming episode of the podcast, by the way. Really looking forward to, to that. Well, actually, we have oh, our schedule has filled up. I feel like we have enough interviews lined up between now and Christmas. Mm-hmm. I think we're actually into January. Wow. You were on PTO on Friday. Yeah. We had, um, our monthly, we have a monthly town hall with our CEO, Mike Morrow. He hosts a town hall where he lets, um, where he doesn't let, he asks people to submit questions for him or the executive team to, to answer. Mm-hmm. And they actually asked about the podcast this, this last town hall. So you missed it. Great. But we got a review. Uh, was it a positive <laughs> review? Was it? You, you it know. was, he said it was fantastic. Uh, he plugged it, and he said that we were better than Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. That's great. <laughs> I'll take it, too. So I enjoy podcasting. I love doing this project. It's It's been a lot of fun and getting to know people. I don't know that many people in Qualphone. I mean, right. you and I have never met in person. Well, I was going to say, and this is funny, and, and when it happened, people were shocked, but Marisol joined a weekly call that she's not normally on. It's a call. It's our mission, our weekly mission call. And I'm on it every Wednesday. And last week, Marisol was on and she joined. And of course, in the mission calls, you know, Roberto makes sure everyone turns their camera on. So there's no lurking, right? You have to turn your camera on. (laughs) And so Marisol's there. She turned the camera on and I made the comment, this is the first time I've ever seen Marisol. I mean, I've seen <laughs> I've seen a picture of Marisol, but that was the first time I'd ever seen Marisol on camera, and everyone was shocked. They're like, "What? What are you guys talking about? You you've been doing a podcast for six months." But no, that when we do this every week, we don't have our cameras on, and we've mm-hmm. never we've never been in the same room, and that was the first time we'd actually seen each other, other than a than a picture. So that was kind of well, funny. I've seen I've seen you before because you do a lot of our, vi- you know, our video trainings. Oh, yeah. And so okay, I, that's I true. know what you look like. So right. But even prior to, you know, COVID, I, I've worked for from home 
for I'm not going to date myself, but a long time. <laughs> and I avoid video camera mm-hmm. at all costs. That is so <laughs> I funny. I don't like to be a video. That is so it's, funny. Um, and yet here I, you I, are. You're a very uh, uh, reserved person. Definitely not someone that seeks the public eye. And here you are doing a podcast. How does that work? It's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I we when I joined that mission call, I was asked to to speak to something. But when I joined it, the person who was who was moderating the call, I I didn't I had never met her before, mm-hmm. but she was so lovely, and she like I I joined the call, and she, it was a few minutes before the call started, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, I just binged the podcast," and. And her reaction was so sweet and wonderful, but it completely, between that compliment, I don't take compliments well, and then being on video. <laughs> it's a double whammy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. Uh, but no, it was, it was great to, to be on the mission call. And it was, uh, and I do appreciate the compliments. You're right. I, this is way out of my comfort zone, which is why I do it. So <laughs> people keep telling me it's where growth happens. So that's great. <laughs> Here I am. Speaking of growth, when I grow up one day, I would like to be as confident and as bold as our guest because she's pretty amazing. She's awesome. Our guest is uh, Jennifer DeTiro, who's a VP of sales. And she is a very energetic, very strong person. And that'll come through in the the interview and and very good at what she does. I, I would say excellent. Not to correct my co-host, but... I would agree. (laughs) Yes, excellent at what she does. So with no further ado, let's listen to our VP of Sales, Jennifer DeTiro. Hi, Marisol. Hi, Jeremy. Nice to be here today. Thanks for having me. My memories of Jennifer are, because I've seen this happen at a few... I haven't been... I wasn't at the last summit. Maybe even the one before that I wasn't at. But there were like two or three summits in a row where... And, and I know at least one, they brought Jennifer up to have her talk about it. But it was like every time there was a major win, Jennifer was involved in it. So she had something to do with some new client that we had landed or something. And so that's my, my main exposure to, to Jennifer is just hearing about at the summit how she'd won another big account. So, <laughs> and that's awesome. I've actually had the pleasure of being invited to speak to the last three summits. So it's been, it's been a super big honor to be able to showcase some of the wins that we've had. And it's, it's so much fun. And, you know, it, that, and that's really the ultimate goal is to be able to have fun in what you're doing. Thank you for coming. So I already think you're kind of impressive because you're a female in a, what I think traditionally is a male dominated role. So I already kind of, I'm a little intimidated <laughs> by you. So I'd like to start off with like, how did you end up in sales? Like, how did you end up here? Just tell us your story. I'd love to give you a little bit of background and please don't be intimidated. Um, I really do believe that for all of us that you probably have brought on to this podcast, that the BPO industry picks us versus we pick it. Mm. Um, And I landed here um, in this industry entirely by accident. Um, In fact, my entire background is 
nothing to do with sales. I had no idea that I had any talent in this department. My story actually really begins when I was 15 years old. I um, made the decision with my parents to go to a pretty unconventional boarding school uh, that had a a really major emphasis on character development. And really the reason why was because I had lost my compass. And so this school had this uh, curriculum that really fostered these skills that were resiliency skills and um, leadership skills and the ability to be able to connect with people. And so while it was absolutely the hardest experience of my life to date, I still felt like I walked away with some real sense of who I was and that my personal mission was to be able to bestow these skills and educate others on these skills. In fact, my, my real mission was to teach these in young people um, because I felt that if children had these skills, that they would be much better equipped for adversities that every single one of us face later on in life. Did you say you were 15 I was when 15. you went? And yeah. how long were you there? 30 months. Oh, wow. So that's kind of a, that's a huge life-changing moment for you. Huge life-changing moment. And it was really important to me to be able to share this gift. But now, many years later, you recognize it as a blessing? Yeah, um, I definitely do take it away as a blessing. I definitely do take it away as for better or for worse. The experience is there shaped me and I wouldn't trade places with anybody. And so some of these skills, which you'll hear later on in my story, I really do believe help make me the best salesperson I possibly can be and help impact the lives of many other people. So I graduated um, this school and ended up going to college to pursue my degree in psychology. And it was there where I really decided that I wanted to be able to foster these competencies in, in children. And so I studied the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning, which is the nation's leading SEL practice for policy research for challenges that they'll face later on in life. So Jennifer, tell us really quick, what does SEL mean? Great question. Um, so SEL is actually, as defined by, the, by CASEL, it's the process through which people acquire and effectively apply the knowledge, attitudes, and skills that are necessary to understand and manage emotions, set and achieve positive goals, feel and show empathy for others, establish and maintain positive relationships, and make responsible decisions. So what came after college? So um, right out of college, I started writing curriculum to be able to figure out how I could foster these skills in, in children, third grade through 12th grade. Uh, it was a drug and alcohol prevention program, but it was all geared towards leadership skills and these competencies that we're talking about. I later worked at the Princeton Center for Leadership Training, training teachers how to implement our dropout prevention program. Uh, one of the major contributors to CASEL, his name is Maurice Elias. Uh, he's a doctor at Rutgers University, and I ended up getting my master's degree at Rutgers University and studied underneath him and was published with him and uh, pursued this really, really far to the point where I could see me leading a life doing this as my, my, my sole mission. But 
I'll be honest with you, I, I, I really felt like there was part of me that wasn't fulfilled because there was still a really big part of me that wanted to be a businesswoman. So how did you end up getting all this education, all these degrees, and, yeah. <laughs> degrees and ending Rutgers and getting published? And how are we lucky enough to have you selling for us? So I ended up not in sales, but working for a conference production uh, company in New York City. And I was a producer that basically turned a blank piece of paper into an empirically based multi-tracked conference uh, for learning and development professionals. So you see the connection there. And then from that point, I was poached into sales. I was so good at getting speakers on my programs that they said, <laughs> gosh, this girl's getting six speakers. Clearly she has a skill set that we need to be able to, to figure out. So they actually tested me over in selling sponsorship. And one of their biggest conferences that they were producing was in their customer management portfolio called the Call Center Week. Mm -hmm. It was this tiny event that's now this huge big conference production company. And I saw a whole big market there to be able to sell into BPOs, call center BPOs, to provide them as a vehicle to get them uh, marketing exposure, brand awareness, thought leadership, opportunities for that. And one of my clients ended up hiring me and that was my big break into the BPO space. Mm. Wow. And how, how long ago, how long ago was that? That was 2010, so wow. years ago. And so I worked at another BPO for a few years, was able to really figure out how to be able to be a successful sales executive through that trial and error of those first few years. And, um, and then I met Qualphone. Um, and one of the things that really attracted to me to Qualphone was the fact that Alfonso Gonzalez, our founder, um, had this mission to improve the lives of as many people as possible. And it wasn't about just creating jobs, but it was about helping people understand their total vocation as people. And it was as if my worlds collided mm. because it was a matter of that we have this foundation in our company that Jeremy, you lead, that is all about fostering these very important skill sets like service and teamwork and results and integrity and encouragement and in spirituality and that it's all anchored with that and those are social emotional learning competencies mm. and so rather than me doing this to be able to keep children from dropping out of school or keep kids from doing drugs and alcohol it's a matter of being able to keep people being fulfilled in their jobs and whatever it is they want to do in their lives. Mm. Wow, that's good. that's beautiful synchronicity. Yeah, and so let me ask this question because you're exactly right. We've got this mission, you know, and and you spelled it out eloquently, beautifully. How how do you get to do that as a sales executive? Well, that's fantastic because when I, I think one of the best things about my favorite things about my current role at Qualphone as a VP of business development is that I find that the best alignment between client and Qualphone is when there's a cultural alignment. Mm -hmm. I am always looking at an opportunity to be able to marry what we do to be able to help better the lives of people and alignment with people with companies, you know, and that always that doesn't always exist. 
but the best relationships that I've ever had as in we're all geared towards the same mission. There's so many things I love about your story. I loved when you said that, you know, you listened to that voice that said you wanted to be a businesswoman too. And I just love that as a woman. I encourage girls all the time to listen to that voice, whatever that voice says to them. So congratulations. How does this, our mission, not just set us world apart from what I know to be the BPO experience? Well, I can actually, I'll take that a step further and tell you the challenging part of that is that in 2020, the world of BPO is no longer about butts and seats and being able to just service calls. There's got to be a major value add for people to be able to take the risk of outsourcing their customer service or sales operations and putting it and entrusting us to be able to service their customers the way they want them to be serviced. And so every single BPO has some angle on the fact that they're people oriented. So how do we communicate the fact that Qualphone really lives by this? It's not an angle. This is actually for real. Like, it's for real. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what, you, like in this podcast and all this, I, these are the questions that I sit around thinking about, like how, how do we do this? How do we let people know this isn't a, a marketing trick? Like Jeremy and I aren't producing this podcast to sell Quaffle. We authentically feel all these things that we discuss and highlight. So I, I was curious. I was curious about that. When you talk about cultures matching, you know, and, and you're the probably the third or fourth person that we've interviewed that talks about the importance of being uh, having a cultural fit. Is that something that we bring up or is that something that the client brings up? Is that something that we put out there right at the beginning? Is it something that the clients are asking us about at the beginning? Where does that usually play out in that whole conversation? I would actually say that that plays out pretty early in the conversation because usually companies where their mission and their values are something that's at the cornerstone of what is part of their decision-making criteria, that's something that usually they're bringing up. And if they don't bring it up, then we usually do some digging. I do the digging to be able to find out if that's something that's important to their higher-up executives and their shareholders, et cetera. Um, so it's something that's communicated, I think, very, very early on in, in that decision making. You talk about, you know, children. I, I like to mentor young girls. And I would love to know, how do you identify that sales is something that you might have a talent for? Because I think there's just this extra, not extra, specific talent and gift that a salesperson has to have to be successful that is not granted to everyone. I don't think you necessarily need to be an extrovert, which is what I felt like you were about to say. Um, I, I definitely have known some amazing salespeople who are, who would lean towards introverted. Um, I definitely think that the number one thing that has to be there is confidence. Mm. That's you what I was going to say. Not, not extroverts, but the confidence to walk in the room and, and, you know, speak your voice and sell something. I've always just been amazed by it because <laughs> I have to hide behind a microphone. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you need to believe in what you're selling. And if you don't believe in what you're selling, it won't work. I mean, there's an authenticity. We're not great at everything. You know, we can't be, you know, but there are things that we super excel at and that's where we focus on. But we're also honest and maybe parts where we're deficient. And I think that gives you uh, credibility in your conversations with people. 
Um, I think that, uh, but I think confident, having confidence in your, in, in yourself and in your message is really important. There is an example of an opportunity that came about and we had limited experience in, in this ge- particular geography doing work at home. And I wasn't sure if we had the scalability to be able to do it appropriately. And this is a current opportunity. And so I needed to do my own investigation and my own interviewing internally to be able to sell myself, to do my own research, to make sure that we could do it before I could sound confident on the phone with the prospects. You need to believe in it. I'm also amazed by, because it's also a lot of rejection, just just by the numbers, because you're constantly... I, I want to say hustle, but that's not the right word. Um, Hustle's a great word. Okay, so hustle, let's keep that. Can you speak to that a little bit? Because I think that's probably my biggest like, wow, how do you all do that? Because I would be in the corner in the fetal position. I came coming from the conference production industry where I had 80 dials a day, two hours of talk time, uh, two proposals that needed to be sent out a day. You learn rejection really fast. Mm-hmm. And yes, at the end of the true. day, and, and sometimes you got to just stand up from your seat and wiggle and just shake it out because you know what, you can't, you, you can't hold on to that. You can't harbor that because sometimes it's rejection can sting. It's we're humans. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I do believe that I've crafted a, a strategy to be able to reach out to people that, re- that doesn't require as much rejection. Um, mm-hmm. and, it ha- and it still happens from time to time. But at the end of the day, I do believe that when I approach new prospects, I'm always coming from an authentic place of curiosity versus selling them anything. I'm curious to know if there's alignment within our cultures. I'm curious to be able to explore whether or not how we can possibly get onto their radar. And I'm okay with being able to just from a curious perspective, ask people, so how do we get Qualphone in the mix? Walk me through how we make this happen. And then people you'd be amazed are so much more willing because I'm not selling then. I'm just, I'm always interviewing. I love that. So Jennifer, I have a, a question and give me a moment to phrase it correctly, because I want to be as um, careful with my words as possible. (laughs) You know, this industry that we're in, our commodity is in people. And you made a reference earlier to butts in a seat, which is if you've worked in the BPO industry, something you've heard. But at Qualphone, and I truly fundamentally see this and believe this, we treat our agents differently. One example is our focus on total vocation. Can you speak to that a bit? When we have agents that come into our, our program and they think for sure, for sure, they want to be a supervisor because they were really inspired by their supervisor. And so they think that they want to be a supervisor. But we have this readiness program that Mike Marrow had created um, with our leaders and in your team, Jeremy, that that if this person, maybe they're actually discover through our process and through our own education, that they're way better suited to be in QA and that they had skill sets that they didn't even know that they had. It's the same kind of idea that is helping them discover what their vocation is. 
And one other example is, is that what we also promote people who come to us, and this is just, Qualphone is just a stepping stone in their journey. And so if someone comes to us and they are, they really, really aspire to be a registered nurse, we're actually going to supply them with the education necessary to be able to go become a registered nurse. Mm -hmm. Like other BPOs don't do that. We want to help as many people as possible pursue their total vocation. So this is a very personal question. How close are you to, to living your total vocation in your current role? I love this question, Jeremy. I wouldn't do anything else. If I could do anything else in the world, I would do exactly what I'm doing today. Wow. I, I am completely fulfilled in the exact same role at what I'm doing at Qualphone today. I wouldn't change it. Wow. That I thought was the best place to end that interview. It was just so powerful how she, she said that. I agree. I really enjoyed hearing from her. It's obvious uh, she's got the passion and the drive and the energy. And it makes me feel good knowing that we've got folks like Jennifer who are heading up our, our sales group and who are out representing our company. She's awesome. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Well, we've had some, I mean, I kept using the word impressive. Honestly, I feel like everyone we've interviewed and a lot of the people we work with are impressive. Like I can't wait to have them on the podcast and hear their story, how they got here. I mean, we seem to have a trend going with, you know, BPO finds you, you don't find BPO. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I love, I love, I love hearing this story. So our last podcast with Al, you know, when you told that story about him being on the Olympic team, mm -hmm. we are, we're, we are surrounded by an amazing talent of people. And when they're doing what they love to be doing, you can, you can see it, you can appreciate it. And it's just, it's a great, it's a great place to work. Again, thank you, Qualphone. And thank you, Marisol. It's great hearing these stories and everyone's got a story. And that's what I enjoy about this podcast is working with you and being able to hear those stories. It's awesome. You also enjoy torturing me during the editing process, but absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's for another time. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Make sure to subscribe and share because we really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mission Qualphone. Remember, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe, and we'll see you next time on Mission Qualphone.